Hello and welcome to the How to Travel Vegan podcast. I'm your host, Tom Simak, and today we're running through some vegan travel hacks. So I've wanted to make this episode for a while, slightly a bit more longer form. I love doing my short and sweet little two, three minute bits, um, but I definitely wanted something that 99% of people searching vegan things on the podcast app or wherever could really implement. And this is valid for really 99% of the world as well. And it's never really failed me. But firstly, I do want to start with a thank you to everyone who listens to this podcast I really appreciate all the feedback and I love seeing when people go to these different destinations and they tag me in their foodie pics and they love the recommendations that I give out, which is um, really awesome to see. Um, I really enjoy it. Just as a side note, if you are traveling around, definitely tag me on Instagram and TikTok at How to Travel Vegan so I can enjoy your awesome foodie pics as well. But let's jump into it. We're going to start with the ecotourism part of things. Now, yearly, there is 1.32 billion tourists traveling around. And if you're one of them, you really need to do your part to make sure that what you're doing and the things that you're seeing isn't damaging to the eco habitat or the architecture. I'm talking specifically about single plastic use. We all know about the horrendous Pacific garbage patch, which is in between California and Hawaii and it's double the size of Hawaii you really don't want to be contributing to that and the first thing I'm going to run you through is how to stop using those single-use plastics especially while you travel now I'm sure we all endeavor to one day hope to and maybe take slowly steps to becoming a zero waste and having a zero waste home which is really cool and it's awesome seeing a lot of restaurants and cafes that I look into Going into a zero waste uh, business structure in the way they make their food is fully sustainable. For us, it really comes down to things like saying no to a straw. You can invest in things like a stainless steel or a bamboo straw or even better yet, a bamboo kit, which I think is amazing because it's this little pouch you buy and it comes with like a fork, a spoon, a knife, chopsticks and a straw. A really cute design, great to carry around, really good at reducing your footprint. For some of the products I'll be mentioning, I'm going to leave links down in the show notes just for your convenience, but a lot of it you can find uh, in different places online, in a convenience shop, a travel shop, places like this. The next thing is mainly really important for summer destinations, but of course it is vital for winter as well, and that's your drink bottle. Now, if you're going to be out and about in a tour or doing a hike or something, you really want to have this drink bottle because when you're thirsty, it's really hard to enjoy a destination. And of course, it's really easy to then just go into a convenience shop and buy a bottled water, which then, you know, most countries don't even recycle um, because of all these things politically that are happening. Also, now that you have a metal water bottle or something, you're going to save that one or two bucks as well. So it's a win-win. Now on to coffee. Personally, I love a good brew just sitting there at a cafe in a random cobblestone street in a back alley watching the world go by. That is an amazing trip to me. But if we're on the run, we're maybe going to do a tour, you want to grab a coffee and go for a walk. 
A keep cup is legit king. If you haven't heard of a keep cup, you're welcome because I'm about to change your coffee game. Now, the mistake that I made with a keep cup was I bought a really cool looking one. It's a camera lens, um, but the thing is, it's not very ergonomic. It doesn't function like I want it to function. I want something that can't spill, which is what I'm going to recommend. An insulated travel coffee cup. How amazing does that sound? So basically, really amazing for road trips. Firstly, because you can have this thing, uh, make coffee in the morning, and it's still going to be warm after you climb a mountain. Like some of these insulations are actually insane. They blow my mind. I don't know how they stay warm for that long. Coffee, tea, iced tea, basically anything you could even really carry water in it or soups, things like this. But the no-spill design is absolutely crucial for travel. The next thing we'll talk about is accidentally ingesting animal products, seemingly one of the worst nightmares for all vegans alike. And this is where you have to adopt a degree of caution, especially in non-Western countries and places where there might be a really big language barrier. Firstly, you've got the Asian continent, places like Thailand, Bali, and Malaysia. Due to tourism, veganism's really created like a base there with heaps and heaps of places popping up. The main thing I would be focusing on is actually the language barriers. So I would be saying nothing about veganism. In fact, I wouldn't really even use the word vegetarian too often. Unless I'm in Thailand, I did use it a few times, which I recommend using the combo of I'm vegetarian, no oyster sauce either. So I know in Thai culture, they cook and flavor a lot of their foods with oyster sauce. We want to be avoiding that. Same with Malaysia. A good way I even say is plants only. Keep it simple. Um, unless you're in a major city, they'll actually know what the word vegan or veganism is. Now in Japan in particular, but you can use this across any country, Asia, Europe, South America, where the language barrier is quite big. I would actually print out a little card and put that card in my wallet or phone or pocket. And I would have their translation of vegetarian, no animal products, uh, vegan, plant-based, uh, no animal products at all, anything like that, and actually just have that there. So when you go to the restaurant, you can hand that to the waiter or waitress or to the chef so they know what's going on. But you could also have like a audio saved to your phone with like Google Translate, translating what you do and do not eat, which is a really creative way to do it. Now, Asia in general, I see way too many people stressing for no reason at all. Remember, this is Asia where eating animal products was really a luxury for a very, very long time. So a lot of their dishes are based with tofu and veggies. So, and I'm confident with that Asia-wide. So I'm going to China next week. I have absolutely no idea. I have done no research at all, but because I know Chinese people are very heavy based on veggies and soy, rice, potatoes, these things, I have full confidence that I'll be totally fine without even knowing any vegan restaurants. Now, of course, I usually do like to do my research so that I'm not wasting my time trying to find the best place, especially because, you know, I have to review the best ones. But that takes me to the next category, which is use your resources Obviously, you have this podcast, which I do little snippets, reviewing restaurants, tours, 
uh, budget, things like this, any tips and tricks. Secondly, you have Happy Cow. If you guys haven't heard of this, it is an app and a website. The website is completely free of charge to use. The app is one of the best $5 I've ever spent. It actually uses your location and you can search different locations as well. You've got filters through restaurants, bakeries, ice cream. You can filter vegetarian only, vegan only. Um, and the filters and, and the different categories they have is super useful when you're traveling to avoid silly mistakes, but it's also really good for research. So if you're only in, say, Barcelona for three nights, you really want to make sure you nail down the best three places. First thing you'll do is go to my podcast about Barcelona to find the best three places that interest you and maybe go on Happy Cow or go read a blogger that will give you more information on the topic if you want a more, I guess, comprehensive idea of a certain place. And about the resources, just when I was touching on China before, do not use uh, my podcast episodes or Happy Cow or any other blog as a ending. Definitely use it as a starting point, but always I recommend going to a place with an open mind because I've come across so many amazing vegan feeds without any idea about them because they weren't online, they weren't on Happy Cow. And this is especially common in say, Europe that doesn't use Happy Cow as much as, I guess, US or Australia would, but also Asia where the access in rural communities to the interwebs is a bit less common, I guess. Next up, airports and flying. This can seem scary because not only are you potentially going to an unfamiliar place, but you're getting there in a way that constricts what and where you can eat being a plane. I'm here to soothe that pain. There is no airport in the world that will have zero vegan options, even if you get a bag of nuts. Lucky for you, 21st century, so there's plenty of places at the airport now that usually have vegan options. Places in Australia like Melbourne, Sydney, Gold Coast, Brisbane, all have vegan restaurants and options in the airports themselves. Back a few months ago, I covered an episode with Seattle where they have Florette, which is a vegetarian-only restaurant in the main terminal of the airport. Not only that, but with growing tourism, you've got bigger chains like Mexican food, Asian foods, and popular fast food chain like Hungry Jack's or Burger King, depending on where you're from, McDonald's, all releasing vegan alternatives. Now, as for flying, there's two ways you can go about it, and they're both really simple. The first is once you clear customs, go buy yourself a bag of nuts or a muesli bar, get on the flight. There is always going to be that option for you. And the second one is just as simple. A lot of the carriers nowadays like Qantas, Virgin, Delta, Hawaiian Airlines, Jetstar, I can, can't name them all, but... Um, you're going to be looking at just requesting a vegan meal and getting them to accept it. That's it. The way to do that is either contacting your travel agent if you booked it through them, you could call their reservations or support team or just advise them of your meal request at time of booking. So it's actually really simple and a lot of the time they will usually confirm it to you within 24 hours. Now the only I guess T and C to that is you have to let them know at least 
I believe the rule is 72 hours before you fly. And that's really just how simple it is. Awesome. That is all for my top tips for general vegan travel. Again, I do want to mention one more time how thankful I am of everyone who listens to the podcast and on YouTube and all the other mediums that are out there and really appreciate you guys tagging me on different things. I really don't get to mention it too often because I don't want to go over that three to five minute mark on those short form episodes. But since this one is at, you know, 15 minutes or whatever it is, I am more than happy to spend 30 seconds of my time to thank you guys. So that being said, any questions, hit me up on Instagram or TikTok at How to Travel Vegan. If you're on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe, all the good stuff. It really helps the show out so much with the algorithm. And that is all. Much love. Peace.